You're listening to Freud's Angels, where we talk about where the science of the mind meets the spirit of the heart. Each week, we'll discuss ways to create awareness of yourself and your reaction to the world around you today, as well as healing events of the past. I'll be bringing in both traditional and non-traditional psychology concepts, and I'll be bringing the healing through the lens of our heart and how to heal what we discover creating a powerful connection between what our heart needs and what our mind thinks we want. Now we're your hosts. I'm Amy. And I'm Vanessa. Now let's get into the show. Hey everyone, how are we doing today? We are coming to you for episode 53. Um, Over a year, this is going to mark the beginning of our second year. Um, I almost wondered if we should have started at one again (laughs) to make life easier for us, but you know, like season two, episode one. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Right. I don't know. It's funny to think about, well, I'm sitting here, uh, as you said that, I just kind of tried to go through my mental Rolodex of like, does it make it easier? (laughs) But it's kind of like, we're just a flowing season anyway. (laughs) Yeah. We're we're just a floating vessel into the ethers of what we call world in this 3D reality. So yeah, there is no season beginning. (laughs) No, this is one long ass season. (laughs) The season that never ended. (laughs) The season of our lives. (laughs) And now through the hourglass of time, this is the days of our lives. Those of you who grew up in the 80s will know who that is. Yeah. I actually was talking about that the other day because we were, we were discussing homes and tiny homes and all of this kind of stuff. And I was like, I so badly when I was a child wanted to live on a houseboat because Bo, yes. <laughs> my life lived on a houseboat. Yes. <laughs> oh my gosh, did you? the coolest idea obviously I was a little gypsy then and didn't realize it but I was like you could just go anywhere you wanted all the time and your home was with you (laughs) do you remember did you used to watch General Hospital of course where who was it is it was it what was that girl's name Bobby it was Hope like it was there was a there was this love triangle between these three people and she she owned the brownstone and she had like there was this love triangle anyways one of the people have died one of them have, have passed away this last week or this last month and I was just like oh, no. oh my god it's like I grew up watching those people yeah they were like real people <laughs> my know? grandmother like- my grandmother loved her soaps yeah. and I tell you what every Sunday at three o'clock general hospital would come on and we yeah. would be there for it so I used to, yeah, I mean, and a lot of them aren't on anymore, like all my children and stuff. I mean, I used to love to watch those because they were, I mean, they were, they were out there with some of the stuff, like when Marlena was possessed by the devil. I mean, that was a bit much, you know, but it was still just that escape with a little bit of reality, you know, like it was, you know, you could, you could, you know, the grandparents in it, you kind of attached to their sweetness and stuff. I mean, it was, 
it was good stuff. <laughs> well, and everybody had a good house. Like yeah. I was like, is there anybody in an apartment that's like shitty and that's run down and you know is like in the hood? It's like everybody had these mansions and these grand houses, and I'm like, is that the way life is? No, right. no, not at all. <laughs> yeah. Well, unless you manifest it, obviously we learned this, and you know, our much later life, like right. <laughs> If we want to go ahead and try to put that into reality, I bet we could. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When you're little, I, it's funny because I think that, you know, we, we discount what becomes, you know, kind of subconscious and that's a subconscious thing, you know, that helps you stay detached from it as reality, right. Is like stuff that doesn't look like reality in our everyday. We're able to kind of compartmentalize it a little bit differently. Yeah. Uh, supposedly. Sure. I don't know. I mean, I guess that's kind of a good a good uh way to get into what our podcast is about today because it's a little bit of that yeah <laughs> deflect deflect let's talk about soaps I don't want to talk about no just kidding no but I think like what we were just saying like that subconscious and that you know like what we just discovered you know or even what I discovered about the houseboat thing like that's not a real show but what it did for me like inside of me and 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 some sort of like touching a truth of of mine yeah you know and that like yeah it was there but I didn't quite attach it the way that I did you know a couple days ago and I also think you know just and we'll get into what we're here for but I just I also think though the soaps if you watching them as a young age because my grandmother watched them you began to sometimes have this unrealistic expectation of relationships like you know like if there was conflict and we were fighting and it was good because in the end at the next episode right <laughs> you know yeah, everything would all you know and so it was really weird and and you know and I often think like where did I get as at a young age you know as I was growing up where did these unrealistic expectations come from and and why did I have such a dysfunctional dating life? And that's, I think, part in part because of what we learned at a young and age. And in the opposite too, right? Like we saw very dysfunctional relationships oh. on those things too. I mean, oh gosh, so-and-so is having a baby with that one. I mean, that went in the brain too. <laughs> yeah, all of it. It was like this, yeah. we just, yeah, totally no life skills whatsoever. No life skills. Right. Other than that, you know, how to just kind of, like live in the chaos of whatever they were because it was always conflict and subterfuge 100%. and this one was yeah. sleeping with this one's wife and this one was sleeping with that one's girlfriend and yeah and then, but that one was gay so you know he should should have really been married in the first place and right you know, and then you have people right. dying and being shot at and it's like oh that's life right yeah I mean and that's the thing like at an early age we even though we see it on the television you know like I have I have a five-year-old right now she asks me all the time now she has become she has stepped into that that world where she's like what's real and what's not and she asks me every we went by Taco Bell yesterday mom is Taco Bell real (laughs) like yes it's real because we can go inside it cartoons you know like no that's not real you know, alligators can't really do that, you know, kind of stuff because it, 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 she's young and she's, her brain is starting to get into that, that space of what I see, I believe. And she's questioning it. Thank God, you know, <laughs> some of the stuff that she comes up with, I'm like, Oh, please don't carry that as truth. Right. <laughs> but 
I mean, it's, it's, it's all there, you know, and it's all in our brains. And unless we're taught differently, it sticks around. And that's that, my friends is the 360 bringing it back to why we're here today for this podcast <laughs> is like oh there's that seed <laughs> when did that get there <laughs> so okay miss vanessa what are we talking about today what is what is this episode going to dive into so this episode is going to dive into those things those seeds that were planted that we did not possibly know were planted or those experiences that are, you know, kind of lurking in the shadows as we talk about shadow self that come out when there's high emotion of some sort and how we can, uh, you know, manage that <laughs> better sometimes, how we can bring that into awareness and how we can turn that into growth with those shadow things that may come up in those moments that are often not pretty. <laughs> you, you mean we're not supposed to do things that injure ourselves when you're in those high emotions? <laughs> yeah, we're not supposed to do that. Okay. Whoops. I forgot. <laughs> I, I didn't learn happens, that part. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and we're going to be gentle with ourselves when we do things that right <laughs> oh friends wait till you hear about the story i have to share with you today yes the origins of our i think of the origins of our podcasts are also very fun to tell about you know like when we get to say so here's why you're hearing about this today guys <laughs> so this is definitely this is definitely one of those ones and again you know when we share our personal experience i think it just keeps that humanness yeah. you know like we are always evolving all of us every minute of every day you bet even every even while we're sleeping you bet our subconscious bet. is downloading something into our brain and i'm like i don't know what that means and it doesn't either so that's why it has to do it while i'm asleep because otherwise i'm like what the fuck yeah i'm push that away that makes no sense yeah but anyway how did we get here today amy well okay <laughs> confession time this yeah. is you know, and, and this is, this is just going to be one avenue, but this, this avenue is for the girls um, and for the guys who want to understand what happens um, with us women uh, and on what I call it our moon time cycle. Some people call it their period. Some people call it their menstrual cycle. I call it moon time cycle. Generally mine do hit around some sort of moon event, whether it's full or, you know, uh, new moon and it's a new moon or full moon it's just i'm very tied to that go figure right sure. so i had unbeknownst to me because i have um polycystic ovaries so i don't have a normal cycle uh last year i didn't have one at all um and i had one when i moved up to portland and then i haven't had one since and i'm like okay well <laughs> last weekend I became to I, I started my brain really started to act irrationally like I know I have friends here I know I have support here I know I have people here who love me and care about me and are my friends and and mm -hmm. want to make sure that I'm okay and you know I know that but my brain went rogue and decided to tell me that I didn't and try to convince me that I didn't, that they were just humoring me. There was no support. There was no help. And mm -hmm. 
went started going down that road of just very isolating type of talk because when that happens I, I begin to isolate myself which is kind mm-hmm. of like you know and, and part of me wonders in hindsight Vanessa part of me wonders whether women had to isolate themselves during their cycle because otherwise something would happen to them I wonder if that's a past life thing um but anyways or if it's a love it you know, if it's a, if it's a learned thing, because back in that day, you know, back in the day when women had their cycles, you know, a lot of indigenous tribes revered them because that's when they were the most psychic and the most yeah. close. But at the same time, some, because they were considered the devil because women bled and lived, yeah. you know, they, that they wouldn't like gag us and put us in dungeons and stuff like that to me. I wonder if it's a learned thing. I, I have yeah. to investigate that. So anyway, sorry, back to my story. That just occurred to me while I was talking. I love but, it. Um, Speaking of downloads. Yeah, I know. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, why that's why talking is beautiful, friends, is because your epiphanies you kind of show up as you're talking. So uh-huh. anyway, so I was starting to act irrational. I was, you know, angry. You know, I was just kind of like starting to isolate. And I really, we had a really good afternoon. We, we were recording a lot, talking about a lot, planning a lot. And then afterwards, my friends were supposed to be getting together and I was like, okay, cool. And at first I was like, I'm going to build, I had bought a new cat tree for the cat because you know, her last one went in the trash and I needed a new one because God forbid she has more than less than one, less than two. And so I was going to get it, build it and leave for my friend's house. Well, (laughs) I saw the FedEx guy pull up. I saw him take the, and the box is very well labeled. So I knew exactly what the box was. Take it over to the building across the street, across the parking lot, the wrong building, the wrong apartment complex, like building, like completely the wrong. It was you and I'm in V. Like, how could you fuck that up? And so my brain being in the state that it was, was really like I called FedEx and they're like all the drivers are in their homes because it's Sunday. And I'm like, bullshit. He just left my parking lot too. And I lost my shit on FedEx. Sorry to the lady that I did. Cause it wasn't her fault. She was just telling what her supervisor was telling her to say. It wasn't her. So then I ended up really frustrated and bawling my eyes out. And I'm like, Oh my God, how am I going to do this? I have nobody to help me. You know, my brain is like gone down that rabbit hole. So what does a girl do when she is like, yeah. So I pushed it most of the way on the sidewalk until I got to the parking lot. And then I decided I was going to pick this box up. Now, my friends, many of you know, I have RA, so I'm not quite as strong as I used to be. I just had a shoulder replacement. Fun times. I have a shoulder that needs replacing. And, you know, like I'm not the fittest person in the world. So I pick up this 50 pound box deciding I was going to carry it across the parking lot to the other sidewalk. Yep. Okay. Sure. Sure. You're going to do that. So Hearing I brought it again. I'm like, Oh my gosh. I know. <laughs> again. So I, I got it home. I got it home. I put the damn tree together and thank God she likes it. She was in it the minute I put it up. She was like, thank you. It's mine. And I was fine that day, but that night, after all my adrenaline wore off, after everything, after my parasympathetic nervous system took over and just started to just chill me out a bit, I 
realized I had injured myself very badly. Not into the point where I couldn't move, but turning over in bed at night is a very long, arduous project. So I have pulled and strained all the muscles that you use, like that wrap around your rib cage from the middle thoracic spine all the way around. Um, my acupuncturist thinks I pulled, I pulled a rib out. Um, and anytime I go to take a swift, deep breath, it hurts. Or like if I bend down to pick something up, I, it hurts. So, you know, and I know you guys are asking, okay, what does this have to do with shadow work and high emotion? Well, at this, at the next day, my moon time cycle showed up. So, and sorry, you're going to hear Miss Thing. She's, she's like, you were talking about me. I hear you. I remember. I remember. It was scary. Yeah. <laughs> so, because they feel us. They really, yes. I mean, and I really know that. Like our animals feel us. And when we are distressed, so are they. So the next day, my moon time cycle showed up. So basically, I had gone through a period of time where my, mo- my hormones were in flux. And it would have been what we call the premenstrual cycle syndrome, which is PMS. And yep. it's really not a syndrome. I hate that word. I hate PMS. Yeah. I hate it. I, it's just a time when my emotions are in, in flux, which is why the narratives were showing up that were untrue and false. It's right. why the, you know, it's, it's why the, you know, the, the high emotion that we're talking about showed up like all this extreme emotion. So what had come up and what happens, and I know Miss Vanessa will compound on this, but we lose that sense of facade that we're like, we're always working with in a sense that filter that keeps us from losing our shit (laughs) on a daily basis. So because of that is gone, it's also gone from ourselves. Like we use that um, internal filter to not lose our shit internally. Yeah. I think it t- serves two purposes. Mm-hmm, so, sure. but, but when we're in that high flux of emotion, it's gone. Right. And I think what shows up in some ways is the deepest part of our psyche, i.e. shadow that mm-hmm. we don't ever really deal with. So that's why when I think women go through PMS, um, especially if they have a really tough time, despite the physical symptoms of it, which is horrible for some of us, that the pain is extreme. Mm-hmm. I think the emotional, what shows up is, is, our, is our shadow. And, and we could say, oh my God, it was just PMS. I was crazy. It's fine. Okay, good. It's gone. But what I learned this last weekend and talking with my therapist about it was there's a deep part of my psyche in my brain that is still so raging at my, you know, me getting the autoimmune disease, like from way back when an initial came, there is still a lot of rage there to unpack. There's a lot of other things because it leads to it's, it's a compound rage because I never went to therapy when I left Canada, left my stepchildren and felt this overwhelming sense of failure and guilt and I never went to therapy for that. So I just stuffed that in my psyche. And then, and then all this other feedback from my, my family and, you know, oh, you're not working hard enough. You need to work two jobs. You're lazy. All of that happened. And so then that compounded it. And then I get sick and then I couldn't work at all. 
well, hell, you might as well just add like a salt shaker of rage in there. And, and I just never dealt with it. I didn't start therapy until I was well into my healing journey. And I think some of this rage and anger at myself showed up in that day because I was pissed because I would have had to wait for someone else to help me. So my brain was like, you need to go fucking do it because no one else is going to help you. And so it's, it got dangerous physically for me because of the fact that I allowed my brain to convince me to do something that I know that I should not be doing. I could have dislocated my new shoulder. Absolutely. And you'd have been laying in the freaking parking lot waiting for somebody to come figure it out. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Right. There's so many things that could have gone wrong in that moment. It is. We did not. Exactly. (laughs) I mean, so, I mean, really, again, like I have, I heard this story before we started recording y'all, but as I'm hearing it again, I'm like, Thank God. Like when you went to pick it up, it didn't just, your back didn't give out and it fell on you. I mean, there are these possibilities that could have happened. But again, in that moment, we are so streamlined in our thinking that possibility does not exist. Possibility is no longer a thing because it has to be, this is the only possible right now. Yeah. Because it has to be done and I'm the one that has to do it. It was the only answer. It was the only answer. Um, And at that time, now hindsight, do I'm like, are you silly fool? But at the same time, I'm like, okay, for me, that was my reality in that moment. But there again, there's my shadow work. I've done a lot of work around my illness. I've done a lot of acceptance around myself, my father, my situation, what's happening, my, my inability to do the things I used to do, like build shit and carry five gallon buckets of cement up a ladder. You know, I've come to terms with a lot of stuff that I cannot do any longer. Mm-hmm. I, I really have and come to a level of acceptance. However, that's in my heart. I think my brain still carries these seeds of rage and it came up because I think moving up here, what did I decide to do? I committed to healing my relationship with my physical being. So what's standing in the way of that? That rage of myself and my physical being that I cannot do what I used to be able to do. However, it totally served its function. Yes. And that's the problem, right? Okay, so this is the cycle that we end up in when we don't do the shadow work. The rage got the job done and you will heal physically, right? Like that's the, that's what we tell ourselves, even especially afterwards, because we're like, I've learned my lesson. It's, it's all right. But we haven't learned our lesson unless we do the work to say there's a lesson here. Yes. And so <laughs> like True, I was, sorry. I was, I was telling you before uh, I was forcing, I, w- I won't say forcing. Cause it wasn't like I, you know, under duress, but I am a, a a dork for like brain body everything of course it's like it's my my jam and there's this this series on netflix right now about you know our brain function our body function and all that and it doesn't matter how many times i hear the same thing i want to hear everybody everybody's individual way of saying it apparently (laughs) so (laughs) but it worked out so great that last night i you know i i gave him an out a couple times and 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 my boyfriend watched it with me Um, but 
it, 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 it is actually great that this came up because it's so fresh in my mind of the idea that our bodies, our brains do shit so automatically and it's all for purpose. Our bodies and brains are not trying to hurt us. Our brains are not trying to hurt our bodies. It's the opposite at all times. Our body, our brains are trying to protect us. But what happens is it goes backwards. Like when something happens, our brain goes, how do I fix it? And it does it super, super quickly because we feel like we have to fix it now. Whatever has worked in the past, we go right back to. Because unless we stop that process and slow ourselves down and make a different choice to create new pathways, we just go down the same neural pathways. Like our brain's just going to tell our body to do the same thing. And in times of rage, we, the, the heart pumps blood to where it needs to go the arms the legs you know because it's fight or flight and the rest of the stuff kind of shuts down and that includes a lot of like feeling stuff and 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 all of that you know like that's that's just it and muscle memory means that that's what we're going to do every time until we stop it unfortunately when it is effective we don't learn that lesson and that's why people who are violent then it's really hard for them to not be violent, right? Because it worked, it served its purpose. The brain got what it needed. The body got what it needed. So I raged, I beat somebody up. I got satisfaction. I got dopamine, serotonin, whatever happened in my, my brain. I felt like I doled out justice, which, you know, it was at that moment, I felt like everything was unjust and somebody needed to take care of it. I'm gonna go on in my way because everything served its purpose. My rage served its purpose. And until the next time it comes up or the time we are punished for it, it continues because we've gotten a positive feedback in our brains. Our experience is learning that as positive feedback because we haven't stopped that process. So in your process of rage, you got the job done. (laughs) I did. did. And so your brain, the reason why your brain went there is because there were times before we're getting angry, got it done. Right. Because anger is not a pure emotion. Rage is not a pure emotion. There's always things underneath it. Frustration. Naturally. Yeah. All all that kind of stuff. But I think unless we tear it apart and try to figure out where it's coming from and it's going to have more than one root, it's going to serve its purpose. And I find in my experience, which is different from every other humans out there, is that rage is one of the harder ones to unpack because Absolutely. it is so attached to so many different things. Yes. And that it just, but it just shows up as just this hot ball of anger, rage, resentment, whatever else is there. And um, because you're supposed to fight or flight, like that's, it's, it's meant, it's a protective measure. And if you are thinking of something else, you'll miss the threat. Like it's yeah. so primal. It's about threat and controlling threat. Right. Which, you know, if you think about it, friends, I mean, I, there was, I mean, to me, I look at it now and I'm like, dude, what was the threat? I'm like, <laughs> like what? You had to wait a couple more days for your cat tree. That's threatening. But at the same time, you know, I understood when, it, when my cycle did show up, I understood the cause of it. I understood it happens to me frequently when I used to have cycles that were regular, when I used to be, you know, know when my, when that moment came, it used to be on the regular. And usually it was about myself. Like I would like 
slowly begin to tear my, my psyche down and I would begin to start self-flagellating and I would, you know, I would begin to show how, you know, I don't have value. I don't have worth. I don't have whatever that's it's MO. And I, at that moment, like when I know it's coming, I can easily circumvent it knowing that it's there. Now, as silly as it sounds, I just would feed it a brownie and it would be okay. And, you know, not a little bit of chocolate. Yeah. Our emotions are highly connected. And that's, you know, and that's, that's why it's like, and this last week, it's like, I was, you know, I was craving sugar. I was craving Coke. Mm -hmm. I was craving like sweet stuff. And so I, you know, I am very much made my house a Coke free zone because I want to be better about eating sugar. I don't want to, but man, that led me to consuming more than I should have. So, you know, it's, it's kind of just knowing that, and that's a whole nother podcast, I think, but, um, (laughs) about that, but about restrictive eating, um, but this, in this moment, I realize that that whatever's under the the rage and the anger, whatever's there, is 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 that shadow work that's asking to be done. You know, I committed to that, and it's showing up because the universe is like saying, "Okay, you committed to it. Guess what? Here you go. Here's something you haven't worked on yet. Yeah. How how, how about that? Right. And I'm <laughs> and- going to give it to you in a way you cannot ignore." Exactly. And, you know, and thankfully I have good friends who, who see things in a very open way and are willing to say to me, you know, I'm afraid what you would do next is if you didn't take care of this rage against yourself, because this, because, because really what it was, was yes, I did it. I got the job done. Yay me. But really in a backwards kind of way, it was a form of self-punishment for not being able to to actually do what it is that I had wanted to do. Like I, I carried it. Yep. But in reality, would I ever do it again? No, because I know now, now that I'm in so much, I'm in a good level of pain that, that I would never do it again because it would just injure myself. But it, that I think in some way, my brain was very satisfied to have injured myself. Well, absolutely. It was like, you know, yeah, you did it. And and it's because this body that doesn't work and this body that doesn't serve us, that is why you're hurting is because it's your fault. And Mm -hmm. so it was like, almost like this, it's so it, it can, it can be very weird and almost kind of like a little on the crazy side when these things happen. So when, you know, when, when I realized how much of a self-punishment it was and how part of me is like, oh, okay, you're hurting. Oh, really? Well, good. That's, that's good. That, that part of my brain is like very satisfied in itself in what it's caused. So that's, that's my story about, you know, this high emotion I was in and in this doorway to the shadow self that I very much, I'm not surprised you know, I just realized it's Mercury retrograde. It's Gemini season. My birthday's next Thursday. I have an eclipse on the day of my birth next week. It's like everything Saturn's up. Everything is in retrograde. Everything's lined up. It's like, oh yeah, no, the underworld. 
everything is in the underworld when it's in retrograde. So what is it doing? It's bringing up my underworld, my shadow side, my shadow self. And I'm like, fuck you all. It's like. Burning up the earth. There it comes. Yeah. Everything that's buried is but, now being rototilled up to the top. <laughs> but my friends, regardless of the high emotion, that I, I just want to say this one thing. And, and then I want Vanessa to tie it to something different. When, because I could belabor this on for a very long time and I don't want to. But regardless of how the high emotion showed up, if you're in a path of healing and you're on a path of growth, if the high emotion is showing up in whatever way it's manifested in whatever way it shows up, whether it's hormonal imbalance, whether it's like, because you were drinking, whatever it is, listen, listen to what it has to say, because it's telling you what your subconscious believes. It's telling you things that you don't consciously maybe not be aware of in that moment. Listen to what it has to say and don't be afraid of it because it's coming up so that you can heal it. Because if you're on a journey of some sort, like I'm on a journey of healing my physical relationship with my physical self. If I don't take care of this rage and everything that's underneath it, if I don't work to actively begin to heal it, I cannot achieve a healthy relationship with my physical being. There is no way that that can happen unless I deal with what shadow has just shown up. This has shown up so that I can take the time, be uncomfortable, work through the rage, work through the guilt of leaving my children, the, the guilt of being promiscuous at a very young age. All of that needs to be healed and worked through so that I can achieve this goal of being in harmony with my physical self because I reject it because of all of those things. Mm-hmm. And I cannot achieve that on the surface level in a true and authentic and very deep way, unless I take care of it. Because, because uh, there's no exercise, there's no diet, there's nothing that's ever going to help me be healthy until I take care of that stuff. Because it's taking the sweetness of life away from me. And that's a lot of why I crave sugar, I'm diabetic. I mean, the emotional reason for a diabetic is losing the sweetness of life. It's why, it's why my dad died of it because he just felt life had no positivity. He had pancreatic cancer. Mm-hmm. He just felt that life had no love for him, that life was not good anymore. Like he had lost all the spark and the joy in his life and he died because of it. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, I just want us to realize regardless of how it shows up and whatever else we talk about that we understand it's here for a reason to be courageous and to work through healing that to, to just really understand as the universe is saying, you're ready to hear this subconscious message that you're sending out to the universe. Mm -hmm. Amen. And our brains are there creating the chemicals that support everything. And we are the ones that are responsible for taking that signal and, you know, redirecting it or following it depending on how well or well or how how well or not well it serves us and essentially you know our hormones they all have purpose our cycles every hormone in our cycle has purpose whether or not we have a a baby growing in our uterus or not there's a an automatic cycle that our brains go through our bodies go through and those those chemicals are there for a reason our our side effects of them 
yeah, they're, they're pretty shitty. Like <laughs> they can be pretty shitty. Um, but it is that awareness of, um, you know, what, what is it coming up for us? And, and I, you know, for women, I will say it's a little bit easier, right? Like we kind of, we, we kind of have been, it's been drilled in our heads about PMS. So we are aware of it when we know we have to be aware of it. Um, but what we tend to do because of that is, uh, explain away a lot of that stuff that comes up instead of dealing with it. And, um, it's, it's like you said, you know, it, it is actually a, a, a good indicator of what we could be working on because if it's just a chemical process, it's just a chemical process like anything else in our body. And it doesn't affect us as much emotionally. If it's a chemical process that is affecting us in a highly emotional way, especially in a certain area of our lives, that's not the same thing at all. That's our bodies wanting safety. That's our brains wanting us to be safe at vulnerable times in our lives. And when our hormones are irregular, which they are, that's what's happening is our bodies are saying, you don't have a baby in here. We got to get rid of all this stuff. Come on now. Like it's time to end the cycle. Our hormones are on irregular for, you know, just normal life. So our brains are trying to regulate that. That's what they, that's, what's important at that time. So it drops all of the processes that are not important, including our filters of our fake filters <laughs> that are like, everything's fine. Everything's totally fine. Well, here's what's not fine. Would you take a look at it? Because the filter's gone while I try to work out your hormones and put them all back where they need to go. You know, if you want to put it in like a, you know, like a, a more visual sense, but if we take it out of that for people who are not uh, in a female body, this also happens <laughs> in times of any high emotion, right? We, we absolutely see the seeds of truth. And a lot of people are able to connect with a substance, right? Like people will say drunk words are sober truths or something like that or sober, whatever. I don't know how it goes because all I know is that when somebody is dropping a filter, which an alcohol is a depressant, it totally, again, same thing. We put alcohol in our body. Our brain is like, okay, we got to shut some shit down in order to keep this body alive because <laughs> now things are going slower. Yeah. Okay. We lose that fake filter. And a lot of people will say things when they're drunk and then go, oh, I mean, you know, I mean, I didn't mean it. It's like, you wouldn't have even said it if it didn't exist in your brain. It is somehow tied to a belief. Take a second, look at it. Look at what that belief is. It may not have come out against the right person, right? But that belief is there. So you have a choice to grow. You can grow from it. And um, I think that's essentially what we're trying to get at when we talk about this whole topic right now is like pay attention to the things that slip, a Freudian slip, a drunk slip, a hormonal slip. These are not slips. <laughs> These are your actual brains saying what they believe because it didn't come out of nowhere. It comes, everything comes from our brains, from our experiences, from our knowledge, from the things that we've learned from our programming. And do we have to hold on to it as a terrible part of us? Absolutely not. And that's when we talk about our shadow work. That's the, the whole point of shadow work is to stop making it 
feel so dark to understand that it is just part of us. It is something we've learned along the way, whether it was through trauma or it was just regular old programming because of what we saw when we were watching General Hospital at eight years old, (laughs) whatever it was. (laughs) If it comes out and and it feels ugly, it's a chance to grow. It's a chance to go, okay, I mean, this is not something I wanna feel. Right. I mean, that's what I tell people all the time when they come to me. If you don't want to feel it, we can heal it. But you have to acknowledge the truth behind it or else you're just going to keep feeling it in different ways. You know, so if we feel insecure about ourselves, if we feel insecure about our attachments with others, if we feel insecure about how others feel about us, you can you better believe that when that fake filter goes down, that's coming out and it's not coming out because of some magical process in which when you have become hormonal or drunk, you decide to hurt people. (laughs) Like that's just what happens. That's not it at all. It's the hurt inside of you coming out in those ways. And we get that beautiful opportunity to say, okay, so what's actually going on here? What, why would I do that? If that's not what I feel like when my filters up, what, what is the fake part of that filter and really work on it and get, get to a more beautiful place. You know, I think, you know, personally for me, I I resonated with your story. You know, I feel thankful enough that I have, I don't have an autoimmune disorder. However, I know I have gut issues because of not taking care of my emotions because of having that steadfast feeling that I'm the only one that can take care of whatever I have beat up my body for that reason, because it's, you get, you know, you can only be let down so many times before that process goes into your brain. I'm trying to protect myself from being hurt emotionally. (laughs) I can handle the physical pain, right? That's what's actually happening in that moment. I can handle the physical pain. I cannot handle being let down by somebody. So I'm not even going to call. I'm not even going to go there. Yeah. I'll just handle it. I'll, I'll lick my own wounds as per usual. And if I made them myself, there is that little like validation, right? That punishment of, yeah, this is what you get for whatever it is that makes you think that, that people can't be part of your life. It's crazy when you think about it. You know, some people are probably listening to this like, no way. Yes way. <laughs> yes way (laughs) well and if you think about it too i mean let's take that a little bit farther and back and and um but taking it farther if you think about it you know the idea of asking for help let's just use that because it's a common one that we both suffer from um (laughs) suffer is such a good word (laughs) because if we don't ask for help then the people who want to help us feel devalued they feel like they sometimes don't have a place where they can return the love that you've given them. There's like no receptacle for them to do it, for them to feel like, you know, I want to help you because I love you, but you don't allow me to. So again, it further creates strain, not only within ourselves because we're doing it all, but because Mm -hmm. we've decided not to ask for help. Yeah, absolutely. And those people get their own little complexes. Like we're, we're over here suffering from, 
uh, nobody wants to help me. I don't have any real friends. And they're over there questioning us the yeah. same way. Why won't they let us help? Am I do not, they not trust good enough? Us? Do they not love right. us? Do they not want us to help? Is it do they something not trust I did? Us? Do they think, yeah, absolutely. And we don't give them, we, we, we don't give them the opportunity to see what's going on inside. I think even if, and I, I mean, I'm very stubborn um, in certain <laughs> ways. Even if a 50 pound box across a freaking thing, I think I can say I'm with you there, girl. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Like there are some things I'm going to do myself because I like it. I do. I enjoy the satisfaction of doing it myself. However, (laughs) there is some way that I've been able to shift my thinking because of exactly that, that, that process. So I say to myself, if I can give myself that satisfaction, it is a gift to give that to somebody else, to allow them that satisfaction as well. And when I turn it into a helping thing, (laughs) it makes it a little bit easier because now I feel like I am giving a gift versus receiving one. (laughs) I'm helping you by allowing you to help me. Exactly. Exactly. And it is a trick. And I'm aware of the trick, but also (laughs) it's a trick based in reality. It's not a fake. It's not fake at all. I'm not making it up. It is true that that person wants to help and they are going to get that lift from being able to help. And they are also going to get that sadness when I don't allow them to help. And I don't want that either because that creates guilt within me. This is a whole big cycle that has to go on so that I don't do that stubborn thing that I, I still occasionally do. I do. We were just talking about it. I mean, it goes down to groceries. I have a wonderful boyfriend who, as soon as he hears my car, comes running out to help me with the groceries. And I still try to get all the groceries inside myself. It's that level of stubbornness because of, a lot of trauma. I have to unpack that. I have to unpack the, I did this for you. And so therefore that's not happening in this relationship, but happened in past relationships. I have to see that shadow. I have to look at that entire shadow. What's going on in this situation. It's not the same shadow work as as certain other things, right? Like I have to go into, where did this come from? Where did this signal come from? why what am I trying to avoid what pain is my brain trying to save me from that I am willing to take physical pain over the emotional pain what is it let me go as deep as possible so that I can heal that so I can take that away from whoever it is that I'm denying because they don't earn they didn't earn it they don't deserve it and it sounds again like I think some some people have a hard time with the concept of it. But when they sit down, (laughs) when we sit down and do this work and they speak the words out loud, I hear so many times my clients be like, oh, I mean, (laughs) oh, (laughs) you know, (laughs) because they're talking about it like that happened one time or, you know, and I just got chills talking about it because it is one of my favorite moments. I, all my clients know that when you have an epiphany, I am celebrating like, you know, like it's your freaking birthday because the, the healing that goes on in that, those moments creates a new pathway 
for the next time that this comes up and we don't have to rage and we don't have to hurt ourselves and we don't have to go down the rabbit hole of everybody is not supportive and everybody is 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 not here for me and I have to do this all myself or or I believe I mean we I mean we're talking about our thing about help this goes this rabbit hole goes deep, man. Yeah, this it could goes go into applying what you feel anyone. about relationships. This goes into what you feel about parents. This goes into what you feel about children. This goes super deep, right? You're drunk. You start talking about how men are pieces of crap. Well, guess what? <laughs> you have some shadow work to do in the relationship department, y'all, because it's not true. It might be true for you because of your choices, but you have to go in there. You have to go in there and not discount it as like, oh, well, I didn't know what I was saying. Your brain always knows what you're saying. (laughs) Yeah, true story. Um, But, and if you think about it and you start to unpack this type of thing and you find yourself back to a very early age, it is not uncommon that that happens because it so much rage is the one emotion our brain does not want to feel. It doesn't, it compartmentalizes it. It wants to stay as far away from it as possible because it's a trigger. It's a hot button and it doesn't, and it's, our brains are designed to keep us safe to in reality. So if there is rage there, if there is anything that's not status, you know, like on a very harmonious level, it's going to separate you from that. So that's why sometimes when it shows up during, for me, my cycles, I get very like, ooh, because my, that was the one thing. And that was one thing that came up in therapy that I realized was that I have never really felt the rage my brain has because it's always kept me separate from it. There are things that I've raged and been angry about, about my father, about my, you know, my upbringing, my, my parents, my, you know, school, you know, my, myself, my marriage, my kids, you know, now this autoimmune issue, it's so compounded that I have to go through quite a bit to unpack this box of rage because all of it has so many tentacles in my inner psyche that once I start pulling at one, there's a whole shitload that are going to show up that I have to be ready for. And that's just because of how mine manifested. Now, doesn't mean that yours did the same way. And it doesn't mean that all of ours is the same. Maybe you just pulled that one tentacle at a time. For me, I kind of tend to take on the world in therapy. And, and so I pull one (laughs) and then all of a sudden my brain starts coming out with like 10 more. And so we have to quickly write them down so that we can come back to them because like I'll hit like where they all connect. And yeah, that's just how I work. But, you know, cause I know, you know, the self-awareness sometimes is, is, it's a blessing. It can, can be a little bit of a hindrance when I have light bulbs popping off all at once. And I'm like, Oh my God. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Cause you're a doer and you're committed <laughs> and you've always been committed. And again, you know, the universe sends it to us when they think that they can handle it. And so in those moments we're like, you're kidding, right? Like you're going to send me 55 things. And it's yeah, because it's, Again, like you pulled at one thing and all of this came on, but you still only pulled at one thing. So remember that that one thing is the connector. I'm giving you all of this because it is, it is to show you how much you are going to heal all at once. Yeah. Right. Like that's the beauty of it is that it's, we don't have to take everything. I tell my clients this all the time. We don't have to take every single thing apart. We don't, we just, awareness is there. 
and whatever is the common denominator is going to heal all of it at once. So we don't have to, we don't have to go into every single incidence of blank. We just have to go to that root. And once we heal that root, the flowers grow on all those branches because it's the root. And that's where that overwhelm goes away of like, okay, all right. And that those things that we write down are all that all they are there for is to remind us. This is a reminder of how you got here and how much you're going to heal all at once. Like it's exciting, right? Like it's meant to be exciting. And when we turn into that mindset, this is why (laughs) you're like, because you're excited. You're like, I am freaking in man. I'm doing it. (laughs) Well, because I, I know, I know in my heart of hearts that the outcome of the process, the outcome of working through the shadow part of my life is freedom in the non-shadow part of my life. Like my shadow is abundance. You know, my shadow, I don't want to reject it. It's not Mm -hmm. there to be rejected. It's there to be, oh, okay. This is, this is an understanding. It's like when I'm working to heal this is when I'm going to be most effective at helping others heal the same thing. You know, one of the things, uh, friends, is that we're working on is, is a mini series um, for, uh, you know, uh, my journey through the process of learning to heal my relationship with my physical self. And that's coming in short snippets. You know, some of it you'll already hear because you already know. But because I'm all in, because I'm dedicated to doing it, because I, I'm tired of feeling rejected by myself. I'm tired of standing in the shadows because I don't want to be out there because I feel threatened because of who I am and what I am. You know, I, you know, this work is necessary. I'm here for it. I'm here to love my shadow because it gives me understanding of where I came from, why my tendencies and who I am. But at the same time, we need to heal that. We need to shift it or shift the mindset around what that was. Because it's never going to go away. My experience with that moment and those moments are never going to change. They're going to be the same. For me, it's diffusing the hot energy, the anger, the upset, the frustration, whatever it is around each event, it's diffusing that to a very low by like a very low heat, a very acceptance Mm -hmm. level heat of, okay, that happened. And you know what? I was really angry at myself, but I've diffused it. I've diffused that level and I've I've got it to neutral. That's all I'm asking for. I'm not asking for sunshine and rainbows just yet. I'm asking for neutrality about the feelings of that event. And I thought I was there but my brain wasn't on board. My heart reached it, but my brain didn't get there. It was still pissed. So, yeah. so because well, it takes time, you know, like I tell everybody all this time, it takes one, one event to traumatize you. And it takes about a million more to show you that that trauma won't be repeated, but it still doesn't go away. You just earn trust in another department, but you can, you better believe that if that trauma is done again to you in whatever way, even all of those positive instances, because it's about fear and it is about protection, those positive things still aren't going to overpower that because our brain wants us to live. <laughs> and if we are not paying attention to the things that threaten us, we essentially 
are vulnerable in that way. And that's why our brains just want us to remember it. Like you said, we're going to remember it. It's not going to go away. It is not about smashing our shadow and making it go away. It's about understanding it, realizing that it is there as a protective measure that it, and it's all good. Like, you know, I've, I've even said it out loud before to myself. I know why you're here. I know why you're here. I know how you got here, Shadow. And I, am, I appreciate you coming here to try to stop me from making another mistake. However, <laughs> you know, and it's, it sounds crazy to have that conversation, but it's not. I mean, that's where the healing is. Like, I'm going to hold your hand. I'm going to show you that this time will be different. And, you know, and, and, and if you step back and you, you know, I, cause I had to answer what was the trigger for me? What was the trigger? Why did I trigger that? I mean, other than the fact that the universe is like here, finally, thank you. You showed up. Um, but for right. me, and, gonna, and you said body, so here's body. Yeah. <laughs> but for me, the trigger was, if you think about it, all the reasons that I created the RA. So my trigger in my, in my moments of manifesting the RA, which I did emotionally, high criticism of myself, the fact that I believed that I did not have a support system, the fact that I believed I was not doing enough, and the fact that um, just that I had to work extra hard. What was happening that weekend? I was convincing myself I was alone. I had no support system, that my friends didn't really like me that they were humoring me. I had convinced myself that I was alone and that I had no other choice to do it by myself. And that I thought at least I didn't try to go get the box. I was being lazy. And high criticism of myself. I haven't unpacked my apartment. It's becoming a barrier now versus just allowing me to take it at its pace. Because it's not done, I feel like there, it's creating a barrier now for my well-being. So, you know, all of that, because I look at it and I say, you're just being lazy. Because I decided to take Saturday off and not do much and do one or two things. So all of those things were similar to the things that I was feeling and convinced of when I manifested the rheumatoid arthritis, which when I did, I went into rage. So all of those things showed up again and it's a little trifecta of a perfect storm. And here again, that rage comes ahead. Yeah. But That's now different ways, right? Exactly. Now, because those thought processes, my shadow, because of where I'm at, how far I've come, the tools that I now I know, shit, I need to work on that. Instead yeah. of just writing it and trying to push it back in. And, and, and not de- deal right. with what showed up. So just turn around and deflect and blame and, you know, be, yes. turn your rage on the FedEx guy who's an idiot and just yeah. leave it. So because of you, I had to do this. Yeah. No, because of me, I had to do this. Yes. <laughs> yes. Damn it's, it. It's all, it's all me. I did. There was a moment I wanted to project all of that anger onto somebody else. I won't lie. There was that moment, but, but, but I'm like, no, no, because I can't control anything outside of myself, but I can control my own actions. And if we always put it out there, we never have control. If it's about the other person, if it's the FedEx guy, that means another FedEx guy can do that to you. He can turn you into that person again. 
right? Because we've now allowed other people to control us. We've now accepted that that person is allowed to come in here and ruin my entire Sunday by putting my box in the wrong place. Right. It's their fault. I have nothing to do with it. <laughs> it's a terrible narrative, but we do that. You know, like we do that when we're not in that level of awareness that we are in right now, having this conversation and having that conversation with yourself. Like, no, no, that was me. I didn't have to do any of those things. There wasn't a gun to my head. There was no life-threatening situation. There was a protective measure emotionally that was in place. And I'm going to work on that because I don't want to react that way. I don't want to do this to myself. I don't want to punish myself for all of these messages that I believe are true still, yes. clearly, or it wouldn't have happened. And right. that's like, that's like what I want everybody listening to understand is that if it weren't true, it wouldn't show up. And that's all the acceptance you need to have in order to be able to do this work every time. If it were not true inside of your brain somewhere, it wouldn't be an issue. Issues right. don't come up out of the blue for no reason. They're there because it's inside of you. It is a belief as ugly as some of them are. They're there. Yeah. Fix no, it. Don't ignore absolutely. it or it's going to come back again, maybe even stronger and do worse things to you. Well, and, you know, and regardless of what I, you know, understand, I don't like, I, I want to make sure you guys understand when you're in those moments of high emotion and you're doing whatever you do, I understand that you feel you only have one choice and that was the okay. choice of your action. However, mm -hmm. hindsight took the time to calm down in a lot of pain. I have a lot of time to think and reflect now because I can't do anything. And, you know, right. but Again, I'm like, the universe oh. is like, how do I make you sit in oh. this? Literally, <laughs> yeah. I'll make you sit in this. Right. <laughs> let me get, let me give you some time. You're tired. You're worn out here. Let me give you something to sit down and do nothing for a little while and give you a reason. Yeah. But, right. you know, but understand this too, is that, you know, we have a choice, friends. This is not the first time I've been introduced to my rage. It's not the first time. I, you know, every now and again, when I can't button something or something's too tight and I can't open it because of my hands, there, I touch it on a very small, minor level. Mm -hmm. But my I have a choice. We have a choice. Yes. We either greet it with the idea of, fuck, and rejection of this rage or like we feed into it with this anger and this upset. And it's not to say that we can't be, I temper tantrums all the time, but, or and we can reject that part of ourselves, reject why it's not working, my hands, my fingers, I could reject them. Or I greet the feeling, the shadow self, the, the lesson that's coming up yet again in my life with compassion and understanding like i it they're for good it we did, like to think because it hurts it's there for bad but it's not there for bad it's there for good we it 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 went down in 2007 the way it went down for a reason yeah if i hadn't have packed all of my anger away and compartmentalized it somewhere i don't know that i would have had the fortitude to get up to finally find work, to go find my first apartment post becoming sick and moving on with my life. Yeah. In order to become the victor of the situation, mm -hmm. I couldn't have sat in my anger about it. I would have become the victim. Right. 
So I had to do that. Now, at the time, if I would have been going through therapy, I would have been okay. So, you know, I understand now the power of therapy and I will never be without it again um, because had I had it, then I could have unpacked it in a very safe, a very ongoing type of way. Um, But I encourage you to when these moments show up for you, when these moments become hot again and they show up in your life, that you greet them with open arms and compassion because the fear, the rage, the anger, whatever emotion shows up is based on rejection. It's rejection of the self, rejection of that moment, rejection of your path. And because it's based on that, the more that we greet it when it shows up over and over again with rejection, you're just perpetuating the same level of rage and anger. And there isn't a way of kind of understanding it from a, from a neutral perspective. So when that does show up, for, I encourage you to step back and to take a moment and to say, wow, This is here again. This moment has come again. This rage has shown up yet again in my life. Do I want to reject it and perpetuate what it's doing? Or do I want to stop the cycle and maybe find a way, not even, and if you can't reach compassion, I understand, but to reach a sense of neutrality of, oh, this showed up again. Huh. I wonder what I haven't healed in this. What is this trying to tell me? Is it is it, is it, a, is it a, a new level of healing through it that I need to do? Or is this coming up to see if I'm still triggered by the same things? And if I am, why? Why? You know, it's, it's, it's a new depth of understanding. But if we can create it with at least acceptance and neutrality or even compassion and empathy, then we break the cycle. That's when we begin to break the cycle because everything that comes up when we're trying to heal it, we can greet it with acceptance, neutrality, and compassion and and just have understanding. This is where we break that cycle. That's how we create that true permanent healing. Like I created healing between my head and my heart, but it was a truce. It was a truce. It was a pact. Like my, my heart was like, okay, I'm going to give you the floor to tell me how you're feeling because I didn't do that before. Yeah. And so I gave my brain its floor to tell us how it's feeling in every situation, as long as it allowed us to ultimately have um, an understanding and to be able to share our thoughts. Well, this time that didn't happen because I've never allowed that rage to be a part of my narrative. Right. Or accepting that that's what it is. Because again, like what it looks like, right? So I think, um, you know, even when somebody hears your story, we don't hear rage in the way that we think of the word rage. Rage would be lighting it on fire, right? Like we think of that or kicking it or smashing it or hitting somebody or whatever. What we understand of rage inside of you only happens because you've communicated that. And that I think is very important for people to understand is that like our, our words that we use are very personal to us. You feel rage, 
I don't see it with my eyeballs. That doesn't mean that it's not there. And so that's a, you know, a great lesson for people to hear is that you have to be sitting with yourself and say, what is this right now? What does it look like? What does it feel like? Is there a disconnect between those two things? Am I using the words that are correct for me versus what are correct for other people? You could be using all kinds of other words that are not accurate for you because of what you think that word means, right? Like, because you're not destroying things, you're not raging? Absolutely not, because rage is an inward it turns inward and you can't see what's happening, right? That's what a lot of people are doing when they're punishing themselves is they're turning rage on themselves and it's not a physical thing. It's not something that you can see on the outside. Right. It's so important to understand that. And to, you know, like you said, you know, we've got we've to gotta take, take what we are as what we are. There has to be a level of radical acceptance in each moment in order to make that progress. Because when we start that denial, when we start that blaming, when we start that outward finger pointing, we don't allow for healing. And we absolutely keep that door open for continued pain. And that's what I, you know, I tell people all the time, you know, when they, when they come in and they maybe want to talk about how it's somebody else's fault. I'm like, that's cool. Then it's always going to be somebody else's fault. You're always going to feel this way. Yep. And like, if you want, if you're making that choice right now, now that we've had this conversation, you do understand it's a choice. You're now going to choose that punishment on yourself. You're now going to choose to lose that control, to decide that that control belongs to that person. That person now has a button, in which case they can control you at any time. Or we can say, all right, this sucks. And yeah, maybe I was wronged, but my choice is I don't want this pain. So how do I change it? How do I change what I'm telling myself that is only true about that person and how I've made it globally? (laughs) How do I change that so that I don't have to continue this repeated pain Because if that pain comes, I can stop for a second and say, no, that was so-and-so, right? Or that was that instance. I'm giving myself that pause and that ability to say, okay, this is what's happening. I'm, I'm, I'm accepting that this is part of me and possibly I may have this trigger for a very long time or forever. However, I will not have the reaction forever because I'm making the choice today to take it apart and choose different reactions, yep. you know, and that, and that's the power that we actually have <laughs> over ourselves is infinite. Yep. We just have to remember to take it back. We just have to remember that we have the key, that it does not belong to other people, that other people's misgivings are not, they, they, they don't continue to have the control in the way of healing too, because it's not true. You know, I've, I've sat, I have sat with people in addiction and have had their parents cry and apologize and over and over say that they didn't mean to do blank that hurt them. And, and, and you know what, every single one of them, we walk out of that room and they still feel the same because they weren't healed by the I'm sorry's. They weren't healed by the uh, admissions of guilt 
by other people because it didn't do anything for them. They are still having that trigger. They are still having that root cause. They are still having that belief that has to stay with that one event and stop being global. Yeah. And because it, it still happened regardless yeah. of the apologies to that person that was wounded, it still happened. Absolutely. And, and that's take it backwards. Right. You cannot take it backwards. You can only say, okay, so this is what happened to me. This is the programming that was written at that time. I want to change it. How do I change it? Or I don't want to change it. I want to feel this rage. I want to feel this sadness. I want to feel this victimization. I do. Yep. And I make people say it and they do not like to say it, but I'm like, this is where we're at though. This yeah. really is where we're at. Do we continue to be somebody's puppet or do we take the reins ourselves yep. and allow for our future to look different than our past? Exactly. Exactly. And to, and you know, and, and that's so spot on. We have to admit to ourselves, do I like the story I'm telling more than I want to heal it? Mm-hmm. Or not even so much the story I'm telling, but the, do I want to sit there because I'm not ready yet and we have to and and knowing that is and that's your choice that's not neither good bad right or wrong i mean it's up to you it's your choice because i know that there are things that are harder to heal Mm -hmm. and harder to find inner forgiveness for not for the people but for yourself that that can it can be something that's an ongoing thing yeah it takes a while i'm not ready for that yet yeah we will deal with that next time it comes up, you know, yeah. like on the next episode of <laughs> PMS, yes. I may, I may address my abandonment issues. <laughs> I know that they're there, however, so that on the next episode, when it comes up, I will also make the choice at that point. Today, am I dealing with it or am I putting it off until the next one? But now understanding that everything I do from this point forward is my fault. Yes. <laughs> because I have agreed to this action. Yep. You know, it's really, it's a really powerful thing. It sounds like, you know, kind of painful. It sounds like allowing people to do whatever they want, but it's really the opposite. It's a hundred percent the opposite. We do not have to be slaves to the, the, the seeds that have been planted long ago and maybe watered by by continuous negative experience we do not have to we can rip that freaking garden up and start over (laughs) we can plant our own damn seeds going forward by making different choices by choosing different people by by you know learning different ways by accepting different narratives by changing everything this is why people change religions leave religions do whatever because they say you know what the way isn't working for me yeah. I want new and I'm going to rip up that garden and I'm going to plant a new one because that's how it feels for me. That's what I want to feel. Yep. Amen. So hopefully that's what people got from this, <laughs> this episode is the idea that, you know, there's, there's the garden of truth inside of your brain exists because of your experiences. We aren't here to punish you for them. We aren't here to tell you that you're wrong, but we are here to say when those things come up, when you're totally freaking out and that thing comes out, that's your truth. Don't ignore it. Listen to it. Embrace it. Say, 
okay, I got you. I'm, I don't want to feel this though. So let's figure out how to make this okay. <laughs> yeah. And, <laughs> Where and is this you, coming from? And that you hear it and accept it, that that's part you. And because there's nothing, we all have shadow self. We all, there's not one of us on this earth that doesn't have a shadow self. And we have to understand it's how we approach it, how we deal with it and how we accept this that sets us apart from each other because all of our shadows are different. You can either choose to reject it and hate it and and allow yourself to be in that position or you choose to work with what's there and to heal at least the charge around what's there and then do some cellular memory work to get to, to really take it to another level. And that's, you know, and that's, that's if I could give a beautiful picture of cellular memory work, that would be it. You work through what you find in your shadow self and you diffuse the charge around what it is. And you take that experience and that hot trigger point within your cellular memory, within your, whether it's in your physical or energetic body and you clear it so that you're not reacting from that moment you're at, you're reacting from a very neutral place and that's why we clear cellular memory so yeah so yes so work to be done i think for all of us but yet we are all in this together so if you need yeah. us if you need help if you need you know if you have questions about this episode i know we threw a lot at you i know a lot of it was me my own personal psyche and shadow but hey if it helps you understand it on a different level, I'm happy to share this part of my life. Relation sh- is everything. And, you know, and sometimes we need an example. It's hard to conceptualize concepts and, you know, oh, well, what is, is this my shadow? Oh, I was pissed off at the guy who cro- you know, jumped out in front of me. Is that shadow? Um, no, that's just, that's just your road rage. You know, that's just. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Could be, but. <laughs> Take a look. Yeah. <laughs> So, but if you need help identifying, maybe unpacking, or even just understanding how to, what the next step is for your journey with your shadow self and, and how to begin that process, reach out to us, Angels at gmail.com. Or our website is up. If you just Google us, Freud's Angels, you're going to find us. We did that. We Googled ourselves today. So, so. Ah, we're there uh, yeah so but facebook instagram we are on tiktok now um reach out to us we're here for you we love you we want we want your journey to be as as good as your journey can be and yes. we want to bring equity and health and wellness regardless of where you're at to all of you so every we just want to take steps forward how big how small doesn't matter so that we can live our ultimate life you know a life of our choosing versus the light being at whim to what our shadow and our our triggers are that's what we want to be free of is triggers and and or at least dial them down a bit so it's not every day <laughs> yeah exactly yeah you know so we love you we're here for you reach out to us and we'll see you next time yeah love y'all Thank you for joining us on Freud's Angels. We are thankful for each of you opening up your heart to us. To continue the healing, connect with us on Instagram 
at Freud's underscore angels and on Facebook at Freud's angels. Please subscribe to the show so that we may help you continue your journey. And remember to give us some love in the review section. If anything we've talked about today has triggered an emotional or mental crisis, please call 911 or head to the nearest emergency center. And always remember you are loved, you are worthy, and the world needs your light.